Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. Wanted to say thank you to Sarah for filling in last week with the, all the extra news that came up when I wasn't able to hop on. I actually haven't even, I haven't listened yet, to be totally honest with you, but I'm sure it was great. I've listened to the clips that Sarah, Sarah has shared on on Instagram. Anyway, quick shout out to our friends at Java House here in Indy. They have kept me awake this week after a busy 10-day stretch. And if you like cold brew coffee or the tea that they have, you can go to a couple of locations in Indy or go to their website, javahouse.com. Use promo code PITLANE10. Get 10% off all your orders. Thank you for all the support. Let's talk about... Where did we race last week? We raced to Spa. We'll talk a little bit about Zanvort coming up this weekend. Yeah. So let me ask you this question and then we'll go wherever you want to go with this did did you find spa pretty boring um yeah surprisingly i did which was unexpected for sure because i usually think of that as a very good track but i think the problem if i was to diagnose it is the drs yeah. i don't think at a track where you have the straights as long as you do like at spa that you really even need drs because you have a toe so i think it was um uh scott mitchell malm on the race f1 podcast he suggested something like maybe you just remove drs for tracks that have a straight of a certain length like maybe that's some kind of regulation they can come up with as they hopefully are able to phase drs out moving forward but I, it was so boring to just see cars go past on the Camel Straight like the you know the car in, yeah, in just, front wasn't even by. moving. Yeah, it, it, the first three laps, I'm like, ah, oh, cool, this is going to be a good race. The last 41 laps, I, I I couldn't tell you a single interesting thing that happened other than Verstappen just ran away with it, and that's not really interesting to talk about. Ocon had two passes where he passed two cars in one move, so. Yeah. Those were memorable, but other than that, yeah, it was the first lap incidents pretty much. And then Ferrari, for some reason, bringing Leclerc in at the end to try to get the fastest lap point. And instead, he got a five-second penalty for speeding in the pits and lost the point they were trying to get. And the position, so to Alonso. Yeah, so let's 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 start there. How, what blackmail does Mattia Bonotto have on... Whoever is above him at Ferrari's name is now escaping me. That he can just willy nilly pull shit like this, and every every week, every week we talk about Ferrari bungling strategy, and then he comes out and says, "Well, it's not real. We didn't really bungle the strategy. Like how? What is? How does he continue to get away with this? And you probably don't have an answer to that, but it is. And I'm not like a Ferrari fan by any means but it's so frustrating because this championship the first three rounds of the season was shaping up to be an epic battle and is now a wet fart (laughs) um i don't i guess Matteo bonotto maybe has the ultimate say but he's not the one calling the strategy right so he's not necessarily responsible but i guess i mean it comes down to him with the leadership position that he's in so he should either hold those accountable who keep screwing up or then he should be held accountable. 
yeah, also at the end of the day, he's he's the boss, and the boss is accountable for mistakes that happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that Ferrari is put together enough of an organization still, even though they kind of were able to piece together a really fast car this season. I don't think the organization itself would be affected by a change in leadership. I think this is, you know, not necessarily something that's he's causing from the top down. It's just a systemic problem. They all need to go. All of them. <laughs> all of them. I, I don't think that would go well either, but I mean, I don't it, know what the solution is. The, sol- the solution is your, your strategy sucks. You're in the middle of the race going, Charles, question. Uh, do you yeah, want yeah. to pit now? Question. Hey, at least they asked him and he was able to like, counter them instead of just trying to force him to do something that was ridiculous but then he still came in like at the for the fastest lap they were like do you want to come in he's like no why would we do that and they said okay come in so it's like what's what's the point i'm not really sure that was i mean one point is going to make you zero difference when you're already this far behind in the championship he actually slipped down to third in the um driver standings he's now behind Sergio Perez who for someone who I think has been really quiet all season has not really been that impressive I mean he won Monaco he's had a decent number of seconds but other than that it's like he's first second or he's nowhere yeah and listen he's pretty much doing what Red Bull wants him to do stay out of the way of Max Verstappen yep anyway I guess the only other thing we have to really talk about from this race is Hamilton and Alonzo. Hamilton tried to stuff it where there wasn't room. Clearly his fault. Two things. A, Fernando's comments on, I guess he only knows how to race if he he starts in first. And so, okay. I I don't... It's a little bit harsh, but the point is not necessarily incorrect. But the reporter (laughs) afterwards who was trying to, like, rub it in that, like, that's what Alonzo said, like, why like the man is clearly trying to say it's my fault let's just move on and she's like but what do you think of what he says didn't lewis just say i don't care what he said and basically cut her off yeah so i kind of remember hearing yeah he cut her off and i was glad he did like as as much of a mistake as as he made there like the, the dude just wrecked out of the race and then they made him walk back so like just just stop there's some of these questions are so dumb I think Alonzo actually said something afterwards about he didn't necessarily mean his comments. I mean, he was just pissed in the moment. Yeah, he said he said something, and I don't you know, naturally I don't remember now either. But he was like, "Listen, I was angry. It happens. Yeah. Blah blah blah." So it's it's not a big deal. I mean, those two were not the best of friends when they were teammates, but I don't think, or at least it doesn't seem like they have any lingering beef necessarily. Right. But I I don't necessarily understand why this is probably going to piss people off, but why Hamilton wasn't penalized. I mean, I guess he was out of the race, so there's no really need to penalize him. But yeah, I mean, he he caused you know av- avoidable contact, which he would have received a penalty. I guess it was on the opening lap, and he's out of the race, so there's no reason to call it that way. But I don't know if that situation had happened at any other point in the race, I think it would have been a penalty. Yeah, it's opening lap, and we know F1 kind of makes up the rules as they go. Like It changes week by week, driver by driver. So it's it's just he wrecked himself out of the race, and he didn't really ruin 
Alonzo's lap even. So, yeah, I'm fine with no penalty on this one. Just to even piss more people off, probably, all Let's of those it. who say that the FIA is like a concerted effort, they have a, some kind of conspiracy against Lewis, like he wasn't penalized for this. Yeah. So explain that to me. Yes. Well, I mean, every, it's, it's random. I really think it's random, like you said. Yeah. I don't think they have a favorite. Um, I mean, based on the end of last season, you would have thought they have a favorite. But, you know, they're inconsistent as usual. Uh, I, one of my favorite social media comments that came out this week was that the FIA, with their technical regulation changes on the floor, the floorboard flexing and yeah. the ride height and whatever else the other the other you know to to compensate for porpoising uh was done to help max verstappen and red bull easily win a championship what 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 you people they were supposed to be one of the ones taking advantage of that that this would have clamped down on their car yeah it's the social media is literally off the hinges lately with the hamilton (laughs) verstappen conspiracy theories i think people are trying really hard not to blame mercedes and to get super down about it because we're just used to seeing lewis fight max but max is doing what lewis did for like eight years right now because he's in the best car and i mean that's what lewis was in when you have an excellent driver objectively they're both fantastic drivers in the best car this is what's going to happen and that's just the way it is it's not because of some interference by the FIA. This is just Adrian Newey being a genius again and getting the new regulations, which he seems to always be able to do when regulations yeah. change, just nail them. Yeah, he's the goat at regulation change adaptation. Yeah, I think for sure. I, just, I don't think I made any words up there, but I said that so quick, and there were so many big words in there that I confused myself. What do we have? I guess let's let's recap our predictions there's real. I really don't even want to talk about spot. It was a snoozer of a Sunday morning, but it's back for next season. That is good. I I hope. I am still hopeful because it's spa. Also, real quick before we do move on, the changes they made to you know Eau Rouge where they added in the the gravel up top did. I forget if it was F two or F three. Two guys crashed, hit the wall, and instead of bouncing back on the track, got stuck in the gravel. So. Yay for it doing what it was intended to do and keeping everybody safe. So, predictions. Okay, so neither of us did that well. Um, my picks were Alonzo, who finished fifth, thanks to Charles and Ferrari. And then Mick Schumacher, who we have some news to get to about, who finished 17th. And so my average finishing position was 11th, so out of the points. And then Ouch. I picked Ricardo to fall out of q2 or not make it out of q2 yeah and he finished 11th in qualifying so he did not i was actually got that one right you had hamilton which should have been a good pick except for the first lap incident yep um gasly who finished ninth this is one of the better results we've seen from him this season and you said alonzo was gonna fall out of q2 i guess or not make it out of q2 yeah and where did he qualify he was second place right I don't. I don't think you. I think no, it was third, like third or fourth. Third. Yeah. 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 That's right. Because it was Perez who was in second place. Yeah. So uh, your average finishing position was fourteen point five. So I very barely win that one, but not by much. Yeah, that's definitely not one to write home about. Do we have any news to get to? 
Yeah, I've actually got a couple of things to get to. The first of which is what I just hinted at about Mick Schumacher. Yeah. He is going to cut his ties with Ferrari at the end of this year, which is very interesting. I don't understand necessarily what's happening because we're not getting very many details, but I'm getting slightly worried about uh, his future at this point with what we've been hearing about his relationship at Haas and now Ferrari's cutting ties. Not sure what's going on. He hasn't been a disappointment in my opinion. Is he cutting ties with Ferrari or is Ferrari cutting ties with him? uh, That is unclear. Okay. It's his, his contract is just ending like, but it's not being renewed. So I don't know if that's both sides or if that's one or the other. I didn't uh, hear that information anywhere. Yeah, I I don't know. It's hard to say. I think, like, after kind of a topsy-turvy couple of months to start the season, he's been more consistent the last month, month and a half, in, in not including the summer break, you know, the, the couple races before summer break and, and Spa. And I don't think he quite made it into the points in, in Spa, but he was closer. He's had, he had, what, a sixth or seventh place finish a race or two yeah. before the summer break. So... I feel like this, if if I were Mick, I would be running away from Ferrari. They're a, a, a hot mess. Nothing is going right there. Leclerc is, is going to be there for a long time. Signs will be there for at least a couple more years. There's 86 drivers stuck in the Ferrari Academy who they don't know what to do with, like Robert Schwartzman, etc. So why would you want to stay there? At best, you move up to Alfa Romeo and... I mean, it, yes, it's a little bit better of a car, but it's not better enough to where you're like, oh my god, I have to, I have to stay with Ferrari to make this happen. Why not take a chance? There's a few openings this year. I'm sure next year there'll be a handful of open seats as well. So if you maybe you get an Alpine seat or you get, I don't know, Aston Martin. No, Aston uh, Martin's Alonso. Yeah, and, and maybe Yuki's seat is the only other one that's potentially right, available, right, right, but we've right. heard a lot of people connected to that already. So it could be, obviously, yeah, or if Gasly goes to Alpine, then he can go to right. yeah. Alpha, uh, Alpha Tauri. I almost called it Alpha yep. Rosso. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, that actually yeah. sounds better. Yeah, it does. But so I, 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 I think that's what he's doing here. He is hedging his bets on... One way, shape, or form, one of those handful of seats is going to open up, and he'll slide in there. Hell, he could even go to Williams and probably, I mean, I don't think his results would change that much. We thought Haas was going to be awesome this season, and they really haven't been. Kevin Magnuson is 11th in the points with 22 points. Mick is down in 15th, but that's kind of unrepresentative because he only has 10 fewer points. And I think Magnuson had like points in like his first two races or something. Yes. So I feel like a, a you know twenty five percent of his points came like right away. So if you take out the first few races where he was legitimately fast, it's he's been kind of underwhelming lately. He's had points on five occasions. Mick has only had points on two, which I mean, yeah, it's a difference, but it's not like he's blowing him out of the water. No. So I don't know. We'll see where he goes, but I thought that was pretty newsworthy because. I remember when we got all excited that the Schumacher name was reassociated with Ferrari, and now they're crushing our dreams of that beautiful uh, redemption story. Shocking. Yeah. 
How unfortunate. Anyway, kind of related. Uh, apparently, the FIA is considering the possibility of some kind of exemption, I guess, or I don't know what it's called, but some kind of super license credentials for Colton Herda to come over and take that Alpha Tauri seat. If Pierre Gasly, like you said, ends up going to Alpine, which I would love because that would be two French drivers on a French team, but we know that Ocon and Gasly have some history, and that might be pretty interesting. Yeah, I think it would be interesting first, especially if they could kind of rekindle a long-lost friendship, which you know you and I have talked about before, would be, would be cool to see, and I think we would really be able to see what Gasly is capable of and kind of that next tier up car where there's not the Red Bull pressure breathing down his neck every move. So that'd be cool. And the super license thing, yeah, right after I tweeted, well, where is he getting the super license points? Like five people were like, well, the FIA is going to look into it. So Yeah, they could just make their own rules like we had just talked about. So. Yeah, I mean, if we're if we're going to ignore the super listen, I do want to see Colton in, in F1 because I think he's a hell of a talent. My my fear is what you just said and what we've said, the FIA making up rules as we go. Is this now going to open up a whole other can of worms for other guys or challenges or lawsuits? Or, I don't know. It just feels like a slippery, slippery slope unless they clearly define the exemption which we know the fia it will be confusing in lots of gray areas so i don't know i don't know where this came from the whole herda to alpha towery thing it seems like it popped up out of nowhere yeah i don't know if it's real or if it's just smoke and mirrors but he's like 40 points short of a super license eight points short or 10 points short or something that's, that's what i read that's I what i read reading. this weekend Okay, if it's only eight points, that's interesting because I've been seeing a lot more. I thought he had 30 points or 32 points. Hmm. I'm not sure. I can look that up in a minute, but... Yeah. Uh... Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. 
Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today. Uh... No, I see that he has, okay, four points for finishing seventh in IndyCar in 2019. 20 for third place in 2020 and eight for fifth place. So that's yes, 32. Yeah, but how many do you need? 40. Oh, you need 40. Yeah. Oh, he's short of the 30 points yep. is what I was reading. Okay, but yeah, he's yeah, yeah. only eight points short. So that's not that much. No. Y- yeah. It's not bad. I just... Again, if they are very clear in, hey, we'll look at certain exemptions. If you are you know, over 30 points, if you are in another competitive series for X number of years and you have you know, top five finishes in said series or whatever, whether it be... They don't give anything for Indy Lights at all? Uh, he did not get anything for Indy Lights because... it was too small of a field, right? Yes, I remember now. Yeah, okay. there was you know, four cars that year or whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Indy Lights. I love you. Do you think he's actually going to show up to Formula One? Is this real? Because he's not getting the McLaren drive. That's, yeah, that's all the IndyCar drivers that that was dangled in front of. That's fake. I don't know. And Andretti's man. getting nowhere. I I have my doubts only because this is a lot of hoops to jump through. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna say no. So if he's teamed with Yuki, do you think they just wreck all the time? It's going to be a very fast and very inconsistent field, but I will say right now, Herta will wipe a floor with Yuki next year. Uh, agreed. Yeah, agreed. That would be fun to watch. Yeah. So uh, we'll have to keep looking at this, but I think he's going to be involved in some FP1s maybe if they really want him, because that's going to bring him some points. He's supposed and the closer to do he one gets, yeah. before the end of the year. I'm pretty sure I know what it is, but I cannot say. So I think it would make sense a certain place that he would do it no yeah i don't think it's that i don't think it's what you're thinking okay all right well i don't know why you're not telling me this information i feel excluded i don't actually know anything i'm just i'm just having fun oh okay well I, you should have given me like a wink or something so i knew you were bluffing i did you weren't looking oh okay i didn't see that <laughs> <laughs> well now everyone sees the inside of how this works for us yeah we stare at each other awkwardly and make eye contact I don't know why this is happening because uh, I took my athletic greens this morning. So that should be enough to keep me like focused, energized, all that kind of stuff. Um, and thank you to them for sponsoring the show because I was actually already taking athletic greens before they became a sponsor. And now I need to maybe figure out if I can get it for them for a discount or for free. Athletic greens, if you're listening, uh, maybe I'll hit you up or you hit me up or something. I don't know how this is going to work, but it's a powder that's got like 75 different vitamins, so you don't have to take a bunch of pills. Um, it tastes pretty good, especially if you mix it with something like orange juice. Um, I mean, you can just mix it with water, too, and you just take it in the morning. And it actually, I really feel like it helps you with attention, energy, all that kind of stuff. It's got whatever adaptogens are in it. And just use our promo code at uh, athleticgreens.com emerging. If you want to get, I believe, five travel packs and a free supply of vitamin D. Yay. Next in the news, 
is that, oh, and I'll get to that one later. Hold on a second. So apparently Felipe Drogovic is aiming for an F1 reserve role next year because there are no race seats for next season. Uh, I don't know. He's not an academy driver. So he says he's completely free to just be a reserve driver anywhere. But I feel like because he's not an academy driver, that's where they take their reserve drivers from all the teams. So do we see this or is he coming to IndyCar like everyone says? Uh, I see him ending up in like European Le Mans next year with like an FP1 session. I don't think he's coming in IndyCar. I don't think he's getting an F1 seat. He might get a reserve or he might get like what's below a test test driver or something like that or something. So, but no, I don't, I don't see it. It seems like no one's all that impressed with him. Uh, I mean, he's been with his third year in formula two. Yeah. And I mean, no offense, but the, the F2 field outside of, Two or three guys, like really, yeah, like is Lawson, not a... Sargent, and McDoin, pretty much, and maybe Theo Porcher. Yeah, I mean, outside of those four, is is like the least impressive F two class I can remember. Um, I don't know about that. I feel like one. Of, well, in recent memory, yeah, in I'm recent to remember years, not ever who would trying to remember who was in. So he finished ninth in twenty twenty and eighth in 2021 and now he's leading the championship but i don't think he's leading is it significant lead in the championship for drogovic oh yeah okay he's got a pretty decent lead so he may end up winning it and he may be like another nick devries who doesn't ever end up in an f1 seat or maybe we'll see nick come back but i don't think people rate him even as highly what was the year that nicholas latifi finished pretty high in formula two Oh man, I'm I'm trying to look that up right now because that was one of the years where I was very unimpressed with the quality of the field. Okay, it was 2019, and that was the year that Nick DeVries just like basically destroyed. Yeah, yeah so right. That was he was pretty much it. I mean, Luca Giotto finished third, and then Sergio Sette Camera, who's in Formula E finished fourth and uh, yeah other than that it wasn't that impressive of a field Mick Schumacher it looks like won his first Formula 2 race but yeah I think we're in another year where the crop is pretty thin so the guys that don't win the championship um, are actually maybe those who we will see have a better chance at moving up makes sense what's next the contract recognition board met on Monday I think virtually to try to figure out this whole piastri situation yeah why have we not heard anything yet how hard yeah i don't know why we haven't heard because (laughs) from what the rumors that are swirling everywhere from insiders it seems that and no one i don't think that's sharing this news has seen the alpine contract that piastri had but it sounded like piastri waited until the day he was free to talk to other teams and then there was nothing completely signed with alpine and mclaren just swooped in so i yeah i think alpine's probably going to end up getting screwed and someone else will end up in that seat and piastri will be alongside lando norris next season which will be very interesting because 
if he can't compete with Lando, then what does that say about Lando? Because everybody rates Piastri like the next coming. I guess we'll find out. I don't know a lot about him, so I can't speak too much to his talent, but everybody loves him. He's an Aussie too, right? So one Aussie yeah. to the, the yeah. next. Yeah. Okay. So that would be interesting to watch. And then the last thing I think I have to cover before we get into Zandvoort this weekend in detail is that there's going to be DRS in that final banked turn coming up this weekend. Um, to call that white knuckle, which I've seen it described a few times, is an understatement in my opinion. I, I feel like this could either be the coolest thing ever or a gigantic shit show or a complete, you know, nobody can pass because there's DRS there. I mean, yeah. when you come out of that banked turn, it's kind of a windy section there, right? Like, we're not no, gonna... that's on, it's on, onto the, the front straight. Okay. That, 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 bank. that I was, one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Not the first one that in the lap, the bank turn. No. Yeah. So Which is now like turn you... three or four or something. Yeah. I know what you're thinking about. Yeah, so now you're just extending the DRS, uh, I don't know, quarter mile or so. Yeah. Or maybe probably even more than that. I guess it depends on where exactly you get the DRS. So, yeah, that's that's going to make passing down the straight <laughs> probably even more pathetic than we just saw at Spa last weekend. So, assuming there's not a DRS train or somebody doesn't wall it or spin because of a little bit less downforce they have with the... the <laughs> yeah. The, in the back, just like losing grip as you yeah. go around that corner, I could see that. It it could either be really cool or a complete dud, and I feel like there's going to be no in between. Honestly, I think that's how F1 has been as of late. It's either like fantastic or it just doesn't meet expectations whatsoever. Before I, I have the F1 times in front of me for the weekend. Yes, I don't find myself as enthusiastic during the races this year as last year it just feels like races peter battle races peter out a lot quicker this year yeah than last year like even championship battle notwithstanding like a good battle is a good battle and it just feels like the good battles are harder to find this year i think part of it is that we had extremely high expectations based on everything that was said and hyped about what the new cars were going to do and yes they can follow but they still can't get past. So it hasn't done what we expected. And that's a big letdown, but I mean, it's still exciting. I'm still enjoying it, of course, but I'm hoping that there's, I don't know. I I don't want to say this because I know people are going to get really pissed off and I don't like, I don't really have a, a dog in this fight or whatever you say a horse in this i don't what do you say what's the dog in this fight yeah definitely not okay, a horse that's right in the fight. i was that gonna would... say a horse in this fight but that's <laughs> a horse in this race is the other one uh, that was uh, yeah, yeah we have right? our episode title a horse in this fight <laughs> yeah. um that's like a ferrari uh story or something Probably. um i kind of want ferrari to just start going on a, a rampage for a little bit and maybe some bad luck to befall max just so that there's a championship battle again so we have a fight but doesn't look like that's going to happen because Max appears to get more and more confident as the points lead grows, and he's on a roll right now. He that is, was a masterclass at Spa. Yes, 
that was a truly dominating race starting from 14th. Yeah. But he made it look so easy. Yeah. I mean, he, I think that car is like a knife through butter for the rest of the field. Yeah. yeah. To use another like weird, outdated cliche idiom. Yeah. Cliche. I'm going to just keep throwing those out there now. Maybe that'll be my new thing. But, um, yeah, I, I kind of get what you mean, but I'm, I still have hope. I'm still an F1 diehard. I mean, me too. But let's let's just continue with the the theme of annoying people during this episode. I enjoyed the NASCAR race more than I did the F1 race this weekend. I have yet to watch any other NASCAR race this season than the Daytona 500. This was the first one. I, I was going since to watch Daytona. Watkins Glen, and then I heard that Kimi crashed out. And yeah, just yeah. deleted the recording. Um. Maybe I'll have to start watching, but I don't know. I the fact that they're three hours, it's too much of a time commitment for me. Yeah, it just happened to be a weekend where I finally had nothing to do. Anyway, right? Well, yeah, that's true. Zanvoort times practice is six thirty a.m. and ten a.m. Eastern on Friday. Qualifying is nine a.m. Saturday. Race is nine a.m. Sunday. There's also F two at. 11 a.m. Saturday. That's not too bad. And then at butthole o'clock on Sunday morning at 4:20 in the morning, F3 is all ridiculous hours. So we're not even going to worry about that. There's also Porsche Super Cup, so they can crash and delay qualifying for a second weekend in a row. (laughs) Zandvoort, super cool track. One of my favorite. It's really difficult to pass, you know, especially as I was saying a couple minutes ago, like that banked turn three or four whatever it is once you yeah, come out of that, that is for sure you know uh-huh. it's tight and windy you go through a couple right hand turns before a tight left hand turn and then you're at the back of the track and it's just there's not a lot of passing opportunities other than the straight which you know now has a six mile drs zone which sucks but yeah, yeah it is what it is it's turn three it is so we got that right it's turn okay. three is there and it has a I, I will just butcher this for the sake of everyone's entertainment. Yeah. I don't mean it to be offensive, but I know some people will probably take it that way. Hugenholzbacht. That sounded more German than yeah. Dutch, yeah. but that's how I pronounced it. Okay, that's I mean, that's respectable. And there's yeah. an Ari Leyendijk corner is that last. I didn't realize that was the name of turn 14. That last big banked corner is Ari Leyendijk okay. balked or bocked. That must mean bend or something at turn. Sure. I'm I'm not trying to learn Dutch. I struggle enough with one language. But I'm sure this weekend we'll the, 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 see the return of the obnoxious orange smoke from the stands that I don't Dude, understand how every people... race. I, I get that you know, Verstappen fans are very passionate. Some There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But the orange smoke, how do people, how do racetracks allow people to bring that stuff in? That blinds everyone in the stand when yeah. there's racing action going on the track. Yeah. I'm not paying $8 million for a t- grandstand ticket to get blinded by orange smoke most of the time. Exactly. Or, or red smoke or green smoke. Yeah, wh- whoever. I don't, no one should be able to blow off smoke bombs, regardless of who you're a fan of. That just seems inconsiderate to other fans. I don't like that. Yep. Agreed. Is there anything else? Should we dump into the predictions? Um, I think that's it. I want to say I had an update on Logan Sargent, too, real quick. Because he seems to be maybe connected with Williams. Um, what do we think about that? With Nicholas Latifi 
making another clumsy mistake this weekend. And really, I mean, Alex Albon, I want to say, pretty, had a pretty good race, finishing 10th. He stopped everyone from passing him. Did you see what he posted on uh, Twitter or Instagram with, like, that Photoshop picture of the super wide Williams? He, like, basically oh, yeah, stretched yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, I enjoyed that. What do you think about Logan Sargent? Any chance that he takes that seat? I mean, I know he's got financial backing because yeah. I forget what his family does, but they are rather well off. I would say I would say there's a that's that would be my non Latifi choice right now if I was making predictions would be Sargent. Is that because he's American or because you think he's got the talent or both? I think he's got the talent. I've heard people like when he when he was in the road to indie scholarship test years ago yes yeah people were like oh my god i can't believe we didn't pick him so you know they missed out now it's f1's chance to gain on him and if they don't we'll take him back all right i think he also has enough super license points i'm pretty sure that makes him a very valid choice yeah but let's you know what i'm gonna save a super license (laughs) argument for for another day yeah off-season argument or something off-season argument predictions all right we'll just do one inside the top 10 one outside the top 10 and q2 elimination you start okay can we say at this point that we cannot choose max because he's just basically running away with this yes i think at this point yeah we're not he's won three in a row now so and you can take out you can take out max at the top and latifi at the bottom yeah good point because latifi has still not scored points this season which is just absolutely <laughs> pathetically sad. <laughs> yep. All right. I feel like he's been given ample opportunity I... to prove himself, and he really hasn't, but oh well. Yeah. Yeah, he screwed up again last weekend. Anyway, go ahead. You, you start. Okay, so Zanvort, you know what? I think I'm going to go with Sebastian Vettel for my outside the top 10 because he was... I mean, when he's on it, he still can pull out a result, even yeah. in a car that's kind of crappy. All right. I am going to take, since we talked about him, Mick Schumacher. Okay. Um, my inside the top 10 choice, then, will be Esteban Ocon, because he's been pretty consistent. All right. I will take... This is this is painful. I will take Charles Leclerc. Okay. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, the ceiling is very high, but the floor so is, is the extremely floor. low. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Your Q two elimination. Hmm. Um. Is Lance Stroll low hanging fruit? No. I mean, if he's making it to Q two, I would say no. That's a good point. He might not even make it to Q2. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um, I'm going to pick Gasly. He's going to get eliminated in Q2. All right. I'm going Kevin Magnuson. Okay. Yep. That seems reasonable. All right. Well, we'll be back next week to recap this. Is there another race next weekend? I think it's three in a row. Yeah, because we Is have it Monza? Monza coming up. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's the weekend after. So we have another quick. sprint Scroll race up. coming up soon. So exciting. Hold on. Let me see. Can't wait. Uh, Yes, it's September 11th is that race. So it's okay. the same weekend as the IndyCar finale. Okay, I will probably... Oh, I'll be able to watch it because of the 
Actually, It'll be I don't West know. Coast. Yeah, the time time difference time zones make my head hurt. So it's gonna be really early there for you. Yeah, probably not gonna watch that. I'll probably watch it on the flight on the way home. I'll because let's say DVR. it's nine a.m. here, then it'll be six a.m. in California. Yeah, and I don't I don't do six a.m. no matter what of racing. Yeah. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos!